start speaking to uh, Katie Wood, the HR business partner for Dredcentric. Good morning, Katie. Hi, hi. How are you doing? Yeah, really good, thank you. How are you? Good stuff, yeah, hot. We've chosen a very hot day of the year to do this, but <laughs> yeah. we'll back on regardless. So Katie, um, I think first things first, we'd obviously um, like to find out a little bit more about you. And the first thing I notice, um, and I'm always intrigued by people who are in recruitment, what they obviously set out in life to do, apart from recruitment, and yours was drama in Exeter, at the University of Exeter. How, what was the situation there, and, and, and what made you move away from drama, ultimately? Yeah, so it might seem a, a bit of a strange one to go from, uh, from studying drama into, uh, into a HR career, but actually um, it turned, turned out to be really, really useful. Um, so the skills I learned on the course, um, which I did because it was, it was my favourite favorite subject at school pretty much um, so I went into that um, straight from school studied three years of drama um, and a lot of the skills on the course were um, things like um, facilitating workshops um, learning how to you know read body language and that kind of thing so yeah a lot of the skills were really really relevant to my career now which is great um, and HR naturally can be very dramatic at times, so <laughs> I feel quite prepared for, you know, what, whatever situation um, I find myself in. So, yeah, actually, it's been a, um, it's been a really good um, foundation to, to build on. Okay, drama every day in HR and recruitment yeah. and recruitment. And recruitment, yes, yeah, you never know what's, what's going to come next, I guess, in, in recruitment. Um, and I think that, yeah, my, my favourite thing about about working with with people all the time is that it's so so uh, unpredictable you never know kind of what 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 the next thing is and that that's what makes it um really exciting and, and great to work with i think definitely and would you recommend exeter yeah it's um it is a long way away from leeds uh -huh. <laughs> it's uh, yeah a good uh, well a good six hour drive and at the time i was a student so i was getting the mega bus down oh, okay. <laughs> um, which uh, yeah was was a long 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 way um but, uh, but yeah really really beautiful um really close to the coast um and yeah a really nice uh, three years i spent down there definitely. i've been for last weekend in exeter it's not for this podcast okay <laughs> Duke of York Pub, I don't know if you ever went in there, but wow. Uh, <laughs> so obviously you went, you went, you came back to Leeds, everyone always does, I'm told, I believe. Um, and, and then started um, your, you, you had an office administrator role, I believe, for the first 12 to 18 months. And then Morrison's, which is the bulk of your career so far. Talk about your, if you can, your career path through Morrison's and, and, and how it's got to, to where you are now. Sure. Yep. So I started off um, on a grad scheme at Morrison's. Um, it was called the group wide grad scheme um, and that involved moving around different parts of the business and trying out um, different functions. Um, I knew pretty much from my first placement there that I wanted to go into HR. Um, I was working on a, a colleague engagement project. Um, and I, I just knew that that was um, the, the path I wanted to take and um, so ended up uh, kind of forming my my um, next rotations around the HR department. Um, so I spent um, about six uh, months doing engaged colleague engagement. Um, I then spent some time in the employee relations team. Um, I also did some work um, in the communications team, mm -hmm. uh, and then finally ended up uh, in the recruitment team, um, which is where I spent uh, two years. Um, doing uh, a mixture of uh, 
areas from um, finance. Um, I did some work in manufacturing and engineering as well. So yeah, quite a variety of different um, roles to recruit for. Yeah, this is what I was going to say. We, we obviously speak to quite a lot of people in HR slash recruitment. Some go through the channels of working with slightly smaller businesses where, uh, you know, they, they get to see the ins and outs of the business. Whereas obviously you've come through a much larger organization in Morrison's. Was it a, a very structured career progression through Morrison's that, that, that led you to recruitment? E.g. you got to see all areas of the business and it was it was a very structured way of doing it in a, in, in a large business. Do you think that's that's kind of built if you like your 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 fundamental career and, and, and your experience was was broad because of working at a company that size yeah i think the great thing about about starting off your career in a big company is that you you can try different areas of of uh, the business to see kind of where, where you fit best and what you enjoy doing um so that's kind of how it how it went for me and um Morrison's were great in terms of um, letting you try those opportunities. Um, they're really keen on, on um, you know, in, in internal development that way. So I guess ending up in, in recruitment, that was where I wanted my career to go at the time. Um, and they, they let me do that. So, uh, so hence then spending, uh, spending two years in that team. Um, yeah. So that was, that was really good. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because, again, we speak obviously to a lot of HR professionals and recruitment is, is almost thrust upon them. Um, you know, it almost becomes more of a recruitment role than a, what a pure HR role and, and obviously, uh, well, sorry, uh, and some people like that but, or don't like that. Um, you seem to have embraced that. It, recruitment was always an area of, of HR and human resources that you, that you enjoyed and, and wanted to sort of focus on more and more. Yeah, I think... Um... I think when I first went into the role, um, so I'd never done done recruitment before, mm -hmm. um, but but soon really enjoyed that that candidate interaction. Really enjoyed um, speaking to different people on a, on a daily basis. So the more I kind of got into the role, um, I really enjoyed building up those networks and and those those relationships. Um, I also really like the side of um, recruitment, which I guess is similar to HR in that. Um, you're really um, you're really supporting the rest um, of the business, the, the entirety of the rest of the business. So you get to see, um, you know, a, a large portion of uh, of the business. Um, and although you're partnering with certain specific teams, um, you can really build up those relationships really really quickly. So that's that's probably the side to um, recruitment and and or HR that I, I enjoy the most is that is that relationship building. Definitely. So. How did you come about um, your, your present role at, at Redcentric? How did that come about? What was it about the role, the company, and the opportunity that, that was too good to, to sort of turn down? Yep. So, um, so I've been at, been at Morrison's for about five years. Um, decided that it was time for for something new, new challenge. Um, and I'd, I'd say I'd worked around different um, different specialisms within HR. Um, I decided I wanted to tie all of that together and go into a more HR generalist role, um, which was still, I guess, a, a focus on recruitment, but also including other um, other areas of, of HR that I'd previously looked at as well. So um, that's kind of how the um, how the move came about. Um, obviously, Redcentric is uh, technology; it's a completely different sector, um, and that's uh, that's something I was looking for as well. Um, being in, in retail for five years, I wanted to try 
something new and something um you know something kind of up, up and coming so yeah i think uh i think it's been a great great move um it's obviously a really uh, much smaller company um but i think that's a good thing for me uh, at this at this moment i wanted to try something that was um you know a comp completely different um you know type of role so that's definitely uh, definitely what i've got with with red centric Definitely. Now, you joined in March 2020, which, good timing, the world kind of changed a bit in March 2020. <laughs> yeah. So, how did that work? I'm guessing, obviously, you accepted the role earlier in, in maybe January, February time. Have you actually been in the offices? Have you worked at the offices yet? Or have you literally been, been onboarded remotely? Yeah, so it's been, a, it's been an interesting uh, five months. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, uh, I accepted the role um, prior to prior to lockdown. Uh, my start date was actually the week after lockdown, and so um, my first day was uh, was at home. Uh, so I got my got my laptop uh, couriered over to me, which was which was great, and kind of went from there. So I have been into the office uh, once so far, just to have a look around for a, a quick tour. Um, and just to see where I will be working. Um, but no, I think the whole, the whole remote onboarding experience has been great. Um, everyone's been so welcoming, so friendly, really willing to help. Um, cause obviously I've not had the chance to meet people face to face as yet. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it's been, been a great experience for me, um, as a new starter. And, uh, I've now got the, the job of, uh, onboarding, new new starters um and, and how we how we go about that remotely so yeah it's um it's been a great great first start for me definitely and what what is in effect your role there uh, at red centric obviously we've we've spoken a little bit about what you're you're looking to try and achieve there and what you're looking to do but but just in a nutshell what do you see your role there at red centric is because i mean it's a sign of red centric strength if you like that um they still brought you on i mean with all that uncertainty to bring someone on like yourself specifically for recruitment purposes is a great sign of, of their strength as a business. But what is your role or what has been your role in your first sort of four or five months there? Yep. So as, um, as recruitment has been um, quiet, given the, given the situation, um, I've come in and, and it's, it's been really good because it's given me the chance to really focus on the strategy, the recruitment strategy in the first few months. Um, I think it's not often that you get the, the time to kind of step away from the, you know, the day to day and actually look at the, the plan and the strategy in, in real detail. So that's been great. So recruitment strategy is, um, is, is big on my list. Um, other than that, I've been focusing on things like our CSR strategy, um, how we can focus on, um, you know, more of our community and charity work. Um, so that's been, that's been really um, interesting at the moment, given that we are remote how to come up with a virtual way of fundraising <laughs> and that type of thing um, and other things uh, like engaging our colleagues throughout the lockdown period um, which again has been a, a you know something new to everybody um, how to keep the workforce um, engaged and, and motivated um, through different through different ways and means so they've kind of been my um, my key things to focus on throughout the first few months here definitely and it must be a challenge because you're trying to get buy-in from people, I'm guessing, you've not met, you know, the, the senior managers, <laughs> all the divisions, who, who, you know, who's, who's Katie, um, kind of thing, but not, not literally, yeah. but I, I guess that's been, 
a challenge maybe too strong a word, but something a little bit different than, than what you're used to when you're, you're sort of looking across a, a desk at someone. Yeah, it has been it has been a challenge just um, kind of trying to trying to just get my name out there and you know and uh, introduce myself virtually to, to people. But um, things like Zoom and Teams, well, we use Teams. Um, that's been the the main uh, the main tool that we, mm -hmm. that we've been using. So um, it's been great to to have have video calls, which are now kind of the the norm, I guess, right. um, which provides a bit more. Um, it makes it a bit more human, doesn't it, to have a have a video call, um, you know, as as a regular meeting format than just over the phone. So, yeah, I think I, I am really looking forward to meeting people in person. Um, I think that'll be that'll be really nice. Um, I did uh, meet my t my close team. Um, uh, for a socially distanced uh, meet a few weeks ago, which was really nice because I'd obviously not not met them in person yet. So yeah, really looking forward to actually kind of working back in the office and, and, and meeting people. Well, I, I, I can obviously vouch for the fact you've been busy because for anyone watching this, this is about the fourth time I've attempted to speak to Katie. She's cancelled <laughs> yeah. on me with a whole myriad of different excuses to get out of doing this. So. <laughs> Uh, that, I can obviously, that's a, a testament to how busy you are. Now, I, I know one of the big conversations we've had sort of over the few months that, that, that we've been chatting away, and I know you're looking to bring in things there at Red Centric, but is, it, is about recruitment and the, the experience of recruitment and how important it is that, that companies like Red Centric or anyone really give a good impression of, of their business by way of candidate experience, which I know is the kind of the buzzwords for it now. How great an emphasis do you, do you and, and by, by extension, Red Centric place on this and, and making sure that, that candidates who apply for roles at Red Centric get a, a good impression of the business? I think it is really, really important, um, the candidate journey in any, any recruitment process. And that's something that I really want to focus on at Red Centric. Um, I think anybody that's applying for a role um, with us, you know, they've, they've made the effort to apply and to submit an application, prep potentially for an interview, and therefore they absolutely deserve, you know, the time um, given to them, uh, whether it's um, giving them constructive feedback, um, you know, letting them know in, in detail how, how the interview went and how they could potentially improve next time. So I think having a really great candidate experience is so important. Um, even if the candidate doesn't get the role in the end, um, that doesn't mean that you know there's never going to be a role for them mm -hmm. with us. Um, so we want to maintain that um, that relationship with them, um, given that they you know they might be applying for a role again in the future. So really, really important. It's something I definitely want to to focus on with Red Centric. Um, just making sure that every candidate we engage with um, or speak to goes away and feels like they've had a really good experience with us. Yeah, definitely. And one of the reasons we do these calls with people like yourself who've got the, the wealth of recruiting experience you have is, is to try and pass on a little bit of advice, whether it be to, to candidates, to recruiters, whoever. So starting with the candidates, what advice would you give? Because obviously a lot of people out there who very unfortunately uh, have found themselves in a situation where they're looking for work. Now, whether it's with Red Centric or anyone else, do you have any specific advice to people on to, as to how to get noticed, how to go about sort of pushing their applications across uh, and basically putting them at the forefront of, of hiring managers' minds? Yep, I think my advice to candidates is uh, not to give up. Mm -hmm. um, I think as somebody that's you know in the past um you can you know you can apply for 
lots of different roles and, and potentially get, get knocked back either at application stage or interview. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that um, you're not going to find a role anywhere. I think the, ro- the right role will come to you almost. Um, and I think you've got to try and really um, show, show off your skills, um, but make sure that you're applying to the right company for you as well. Um, so yeah, not, not to give up with, with applying, although it might seem like, you know, the application process is, is never ending. There will be a, there will be the right job at the end for you somewhere. Yeah, definitely put yourself, uh, I I speak for for what we try and tell people as well is, is put yourself across, you know, follow up your CV with a a phone call. Did you get my CV? Can we chat about it? And just differentiate yourself, I think is, is key. Now, you're on that side of the recruitment fence. I'm on this side, the, the, the dark side. Um, what advice or how can I put this? What would you say to recruiters in this market? I'm sure you get a lot of people mailing you, calling you, in-mailing you, LinkedIn messaging you about recruitment. What annoys you about recruiters? Let's get that out of the way. Here's a great chance. Here's a great chance. I'll take notes at this bit. But what, do you have, what frustrations do you have with the recruitment industry? External. I think um, my my frustrations. I think the heart of it is um, kind of not not respecting um, the client's diary is a big one. I think um, it's it's quite often um, assumed that when we you know post a vacancy, um, that's the only vacancy that we're working on, and the only thing that my uh, attention you know, is based around is that vacancy. And I wish it was because um, it would make my life a lot easier to, to, fill, uh, to fill the roles. But unfortunately, we've got 10,000 other things on our list to be, to be focusing on and working on. So I think it's just that awareness of, you know, we, we are really, really busy. And although we, we'd love to get back to everybody and explain that, you know, unfortunately, we can't brief every agency that, that contacts us. Um, we might just, unfortunately miss an email or not have the, the time to go back to everybody. So just having that awareness and, and that respect, um, I think really, really gets you far. Um, so yeah, that, that would be my, my, uh, <laughs> my tip to, uh, to any agencies I'm working with. Definitely, I, you've hit the nail on the head. One of the things I say to my guys is, recruiters often take rejection quite badly. And I try and explain to them, you know, it's not that, you're not necessarily interested or you don't like the email, it's you simply don't have time to respond to every single agency saying thanks but no thanks or or whatever it may be. And, and I think recruiters can take it quite personally that, oh, why hasn't such and such got back to me? So so I get that completely. I get that, I get that 100%. So when you work with recruiters, because again, a, a part of this, this podcast is to sort of get across to recruiters how they work well with end clients. And I'm not, of course, I'm not advocating anyone anyone mail Katie now and try and work with her because because we want to but what do you look for in a recruiter that you work with what what do you look for them to bring for uh, because they're an extension of your business I suppose so there's a certain responsibility when you send a vacancy to a recruiter that they're going to work for it in a way that that you and Medcentric would want them to so what what is it you look for when you work with recruiters across the various uh, areas you recruit for? Um, For me I think it's um, it's knowing that when we we need your support, we will absolutely come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's perhaps that patience I think I look for. Um, we, we do get so many requests um, for, for, you know, to, to support us with roles. Um, 
and it's at the moment for example it is very 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 quiet in terms of recruitment so it's having that patience that there isn't a role right now but um there might be you know in in two months three months what you know whenever that that may be um and i would tend to go uh, if, we, if we do require agency support i would tend to go to the agencies that have been um patient and haven't sort of pestered me for roles or um you know sent me sent me emails daily or called me daily or that kind of thing not saying that people do but uh i only call I have you daily <laughs> answering my podcast that's the only reason i call you every day. <laughs> yeah so in uh say so red centric so far i've had nobody uh nobody do that every every day but uh but i have heard heard stories of it shall we say so um so yeah i think yeah just having that patience um being kind of the fact that we we know you're there if, if we need that support um but not needing to be kind of um you know constantly in contact with us or um or, or that kind of thing i think i think that's probably my main my main thing so, and, and how have Redcentric gone during these these five months? I'm guessing a lot of companies I speak to, they're talking about how they never realised they could almost operate this way. You know, we, it's been a thing for years, hasn't it? People talking about home working and flexible working, and so many companies were probably afraid to do it, but have almost had their hand forced in the last four or five months. Do you think that what's happened in the last few months has shown companies, maybe including Redcentric, that flexible working or different methods and ways of, of working as a business can actually carry on past, hopefully if this pandemic ends and, and you'll, you'll change the way you work moving forward. Yep. So I think um, it's been a real eye opener to see, um, see how people are, you know, working and, and, and coping with that working from home environment. We do have um, some home workers, uh, sort of permanent home workers already, but the majority of our workforce are office-based. So it, it has been a, an interesting challenge to see that shift um, in working environments. Um, but the situation has, uh, has definitely prompted us to look at other working, um, you know, ways of working going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and say moving back to the offices, um, the next week we're all gradually starting to to move back into the office albeit on a um a very phased approach um i think we to assess people's um preferences we thought that we should actually ask ask the question to people um and therefore we sent out um a working arrangement survey which gathered people's thoughts about working from home whether they wanted to return to the office what were their preferences longer term you know do they want to do two days in and three days out or, or vice versa um, and that's given us a really good indication of people's preferences moving forward so we feel like we've um, you know by by trialing this this approach um, from next week we can hopefully start to see how that um, how that moves going forward um, so yeah ho- hopefully a, a positive thing yeah great. Uh, great yeah. So with regards to Red Centric, I, I always give people the floor. What from your experience now, admittedly, your experience is, is, is from, you know, however far away at the moment. But why, why did you join Red Centric and why would others, you know, moving forward when they see this video and they start following you guys on LinkedIn for opportunities, potentially, hopefully in the future? Why would why would you you advocate people look at Red Centric and, uh, and think about joining them as a business? 
Yeah, I think um, the main thing is, uh, well, I'm biased, but I would say the people. Um, we, it's not just kind of, you know, myself um, with that opinion, but I think if you asked, you know, the majority of the people in the organization, they would say that the set of people um, you work with here are amazing um, and people are actually inspired to work with, um, you know, colleagues who are really expert in their in their field. Um, so that then helps with their own development. So the people is definitely um, one of them. I think as well, um, just the, you know, the amount of, of new um, innovative things that are going on, the new, um, the change that's going on, kind of new customers, new products all the time. Um, things are things are having to adapt to our new ways of working, um, which makes things really exciting for for people working in that that technology field. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it for me over the last five months, um, I've really noticed that it's kind of a uh, a really exciting place to work. Um, lots of you know new things around the corner um and the other thing is the thing i really like is that if you have an idea um if you have a great idea and you, you want to um make that happen then all you need to do is tell someone about your idea and make make it happen basically and um, you have to first kind of... okay well you've been there yourself yeah so uh, say um a lot of the a lot of the um approval processes for, for, for making things happen um you know with new new initiatives new ideas it's um it's it's seen as a really positive thing um for people to to come up with ideas and, and make changes and process improvements so um in 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 various um parts of the business we've seen um you know problems solved new ideas come up new things happening um all from all from the ideas of colleagues so it's yeah it's a, it's a really great place to be if if you're someone that likes to see ideas um you know in motion and and uh, and things happening great and, and talking of ideas I, I i've seen obviously over the last few months that you are the flag bearer for charitable initiatives at red centric and there's one coming up so it'd be great if you could just give us a quick overview of i think it's I don't know when this video is going to go out, but I don't know the exact date. It's a week Friday. I don't know what that date is off the top of my head, but what, what is, what's, what's happening then? Yep, so it's um, 21st of August, Friday. Um, we're taking part, along with uh, one of our customers, VP, um, um, we're taking part in a charity challenge mm -hmm. called Boycott Your Bed. And what that involves is um, giving up your bed uh, and a good night's sleep for one night uh, in aid of Action for Children. So you could be camping out in the living room, you could be camping out in the garden, you could be sleeping under your desk, whatever that means for you, um, we're, we're looking to, to get, um, get people involved. So, uh, so yeah, we've got a few colleagues taking part with their families and that kind of thing, building building forts and dens I'm sure so uh, so yeah it's going to be a, a good event um, and throughout the night um, the charity are providing a live stream um, event online for people to dial in and, and get involved with things like quizzes um, and you know celebrities and that kind of thing so it should be oh. a, a really good event. Okay and, and that's for action for children just just very briefly for anyone who doesn't know what, what's the charity all about? Um, they provide, um, it's basically making sure that children have um, really happy and really safe childhoods. 
Um, so it's providing um, the support that um, perhaps children from disadvantaged backgrounds um, need. Um, so yeah, it's making sure that um, that children across across the UK have the the support they need um, during their childhood. And how can how can people support you? How can people find out more about what it is you're doing and, and get the information to donate? Hopefully. Yep. So we have um, a just giving page, which uh, I posted on um, on LinkedIn. Um, did a, did a post yesterday that has has the link on there so yeah please do um head over to there you can find out more information about the charity and the event if you do want to get um get involved with um you know your own company um and also also donate as well so yeah there's lots lots more information on there great stuff great stuff and you've given up your bed i believe you you you, you won't be sleeping in your bed will you i won't <laughs> no <laughs> i might that out but i, I might not <laughs> uh, where will you be Kate when everyone's doing this <laughs> unfortunately I am not able to take part in this event oh, um, I I what, what else are you doing <laughs> unfortunately I will have to do my uh, my boycotting my bed at a different date um, oh, due okay. to my annual leave however it, it um, won't go unnoticed that we're no clear as to what you're doing instead and where <laughs> Where, where would you rather be? I might be in. Uh, I might be in France on that oh. date. Oh, south of France, maybe. South of France. Oh. At my oh. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm not sure whether she'll accept me um, sleeping in a tent uh, <laughs> on on her wedding night. But oh, is um, it that, that actual night? It's the night before. Night oh, before. Oh, right. Okay. There's no excuse. So, uh, I'm not sure a bad night's sleep because um, I'm, I'm actually a bridesmaid, so I need, oh. to, I need to be on, on form on the day. <laughs> now, now it's getting murkier and I feel slightly more guilty for bringing it up. I didn't realise you had an official role. I've got an yeah, official, okay. official duties on the day. So, yeah. okay. Listen, Kate, thank you so much for, for coming on. Finally, finally. Um, and, uh, and thank you so much. And we'll look forward to seeing what you guys and, and the charity work and everything that goes on at Redcentric and we look forward to seeing it all uh, all move forward in the coming months. Yeah, great stuff. Great to speak great to stuff. you. You too. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye.